Amen. Well, I want to share with you today that God is with us through it all. There's been a lot of craziness going on in the world today. A lot of fighting over nonsensical things. Not only are people fighting over water and bread and toilet paper, people are also fighting over the truth. It seems like whenever a challenge presents itself, everyone is suddenly an expert on the situation, given their thoughts to address the problem. During times like these, experts seem to come out of the woodworks, trying to convince you that they have been preparing for this challenge their entire life, even though it just popped up. Now, some are good-intentioned, and some are not. Some are factual, and some are purely opinion. But one thing they nearly all have in common is they are conjecture. In other words, they are all based on their best guess, based on the facts and the factors that are available today and in the past. No one, none of them, can see into the future. No one knows even what tomorrow will bring, let alone a month or a year from now. One of the most mind-boggling things about this current crisis is that things evolve and change almost at lightning speed from one day to the next. People are constantly searching the Internet and the cable news channels and reports from the government, constantly looking for the latest direction from someone who seems to know what they're talking about. Each reporter and blogger and political leader and resident expert seems to be operating out of their own truth. Yet there really is only one real truth that exists. And there is only one place to go to find this truth. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus speaks. We read, To the Jews who had believed in Him, Jesus said, If you hold to My teaching, you are really My disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth is will set you free. Well, do you know that this is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible? Many people have used it to say, you should tell the truth, because if you tell the truth, the truth will set you free. But that's not at all what Jesus said. What He said was, if you hold to My teaching, if you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples, and then you will know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. There is no truth unless we are abiding in Him and holding on to His teaching. But too many people today are trying to get their truth by holding on to their cell phones or by holding on to their remote controls. No wonder so many people are lost and confused today. We have to let go of what we're holding on to so that we can press into the Word and hold on to God, for He alone is our truth. And throughout the Bible, God has made it a point again and again to lead with truth. If anyone truly has the eyes to see and the ears to hear. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, 
verses 22 through 23, we see Jesus sharing the truth. The plain truth. We know He spoke in parables at times, but we also know that Jesus spoke the truth directly, as He did here in this passage. Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill Him. And the third day He will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. Jesus was very clear stating exactly what would happen to Him. It is never His intention to keep us in the dark, even now today. It is not His intention. We just need to know where to go to receive the truth, to navigate the days ahead. Because He is and always will be our Good Shepherd, His desire is to give us clear guidance if we not only come to Him, but also listen to His every word. This passage in Matthew is very striking for a couple reasons. First, we see that Jesus told His disciples everything that would happen before it even took place. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't veil it in mystery with some hidden meaning that they had to interpret. He told them exactly what would happen so they would know how to respond and how to proceed when the challenge came. Yet there's something else about this passage that's even more striking, especially because it relates so closely to what we're seeing in the world today. After telling His disciples that He would be betrayed and killed, Jesus made it a point clearly to say He would be raised up on the third day. But for some reason, His disciples didn't even respond to the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Because it says that they were exceedingly sorrowful. So many people today are exceedingly sorrowful as they seem oblivious to the good news of Jesus' resurrection. As we approach Holy Week and, the, and Resurrection Sunday, we, are, we approach it with excitement because we celebrate the greatest event in all of history when Christ rose from the dead. That's the hope that we have even now in times today. Yet, so many people today are lost. So many people are confused, angry, depressed, and full of despair because they focus on the trials and the tribulations of life while ignoring the truth that Jesus indeed has overcome the world. As we put our faith and trust in Him, he promises to be with us through it all until we arrive in glory together. Amen? Yet for some reason, the logic of our fleshly thinking causes so many people to be suffering, suffering a case of short-sightedness. I know this is going to sound crazy, but let me give you an example of what it seems like is going on. It'd be the equivalent of having a whole bookshelf full of mystery novels. And one day you pick up one of your mystery novels and open up, and you start to read, and the, and the setting is there, and the plot thickens, and then there's the problem. And so when you get to the problem, you start to lament about it, and you start to uh, be upset about it, and you start to worry about it. But before you get to the solution, you close the book and pitch it over your shoulder, then go pick up another book. And you do the same thing. Never reading to 
to get through the whole book. This is what's been going on in the world today. It just doesn't make any sense. Hebrews 12, verse 2 tells us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, Jesus is not only the author of our faith, but He is the finisher of our faith as well. Jesus did not only go to the cross, He went through the cross and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Much like the disciples, we tend to get so hyper-focused on the idea that things will be difficult that we fail to hear the rest of the story where we overcome with Jesus. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2, tells us, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. Now these words in Isaiah are given to be great comfort for us and assurance to us if we trust in God through our trials, not just to our trials. The first thing God tells us is not to fear because we are His. We have been grafted into His family tree. He has redeemed us through the sacrifice of Jesus. We belong to God. And since we belong to God, He will bring us through it all as we put our trust in Him daily. Listen, we will enter difficult waters, but He will bring us through. We will pass through rivers, but they will not overflow us. We will pass through fiery trials, but we will not be burned nor will the flame scorch us. We belong to God. We are His. He will see us through it all. Again and again throughout the Bible, God shares this message of redemption, of hope and promise, and of deliverance through trials. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, Verse, beginning at verse 24, Jesus ends His discourse, His long teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. And he ends it with this parable which I believe is so fitting for us today. Matthew 7, verse 24, tells us, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of Mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus shares that a believer who hears his message and obeys promptly by applying these truths to his own life is like a wise man who builds his home on an unshakable foundation. The emphasis is on doing what Jesus has taught us. And that only happens when we hear the entirety of his message, not just the fact that difficult times will come. But when we stand on his word and build our house on the rock, 
we are assured that God will indeed see us through it all. Matthew 7, verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Understand that we will go through trials. The rain will descend, and the floods will indeed come, and the rains will surely blow and beat on, upon us. But we will not fall if we are standing on the rock, the Word of God. Matthew 7.26 But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You see, when we don't listen to the whole message and when we fail to hear the entirety of His words, We get fixated on the problem. And thus we attempt, and thus we attempt to build our own lives on shifting sand. Many people know about Jesus, but very few people know him personally and intimately. Very few understand that we will go through trials with him. If you have bought into a lie that life with Jesus should be without trials and challenges, then you have not read nor heard the entirety of His message. This will cause you to be fixated on the problem instead of looking to the answer who is Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The world will constantly tempt you to put more focus on the storm than on the rock. When this happens, your foundation is on sinking and shifting sand. If your faith is on sinking sand, it moves with each condition. It shifts with each threat. It sinks each time the winds blow and beat upon your house or your life. This means that you are listening more to the wind outside than to the Spirit who speaks from within us. Matthew 7.27 And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. You see, all who pay more attention to the wind than the rock find out that their fall is calamitous. Great is the fall. Well, it's not only the differences that are striking in the two sides of this analogy, but also the similarities which are often overlooked. You see, the storm hits both the believer and the non-believer. The rains fall and the floods come and the winds beat against both houses in the same way. But the difference is that one house stands while the other falls. During this time of testing, as we go forward, we will all take a beating of one sort or another. We all will have our faith tested. At times, the winds and rain will howl so loud that it will be difficult to hear the truth of God's Word of of comfort. But they are there. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. 
Do you know why there is so much fear and panic and hysteria in the world today? It's because there is an extreme lack of faith, which is the result of the vast majority of people not taking time to actually be still and to know that He is God. There is too much busyness and too much constant noise in the world today. From music to TV to video games to phones, there is background noise all over the place. Additionally, there are too many devices that we resort to almost automatically when our busyness seems to approach a standstill. It's like we're programmed to always pick up our phones or to always turn on our computers or to always listen to music or to always turn on to that certain news channel. We've lost the ability and the discipline of being still. And if we are not still, we give no room and no opportunity for God to reveal Himself to us. If we are not still, we will not know God in the way that He desires to be known. And if we are not continuing to know God more and more each day, our faith will be replaced with fear. So what do we do? Well, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 tells us what we should do. Remember, Jesus, it was never His intention to keep us in the dark. He gives us direction in His Word if we go to His Word. Romans 10.17 So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Each of us must choose what we will manifest and share. Either we will take the time to be still and allow God to speak His living Word to us through prayer and study that we may manifest and build faith. Or we will choose to avoid the stillness and allow the world to direct our thoughts, choosing to manifest and spread fear. The choice is up to you. God will not force your hand. You must choose. We all must choose. But it will take an effort on our part. If we do nothing, then we allow the world to choose for us. We must choose God daily. Will you choose to see this, disrupt, this, this, this disruption of your life as a time to worry and complain and blame others? Or will you choose to see this time as God's way of getting your attention? Calling you to be still and to know that He is God and that He will see you through. By making the effort, the intentional effort, to choose God and to reclaim the discipline of being still, you build your foundation on the rock. Listen. The storm is approaching. The wind and the the winds and the rain are increasing. Will you now choose to focus on the wind or on the rock? Choose this day what you will sacrifice and give to God as you find that quiet time that He desires from you. Turn off the distractions. Be still and know that He is God.
Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And when your Father who sees in secret, He will reward you openly. Make the effort to block out the distractions and seek God daily to gain truth for the journey ahead. Allow Him to infuse you with faith to overcome, with a peace that surpasses all understanding, with a hope that can never be relinquished, and with a perfect love that drives out fear. These are promises from God. Only His perfect love will drive out fear, and that's what the world needs right now. We need to receive His perfect love by listening to the entirety of His message, by pressing into Him, by being still and knowing that He is God. We need to manifest His love by connecting with others and reaching out to others and calling others and praying for others and coming together as the body of Christ. And as we do that, we will manifest God's perfect love and His promises that perfect love drives out fear. Amen? Amen. We will not fall when we remain founded and grounded on the rock. This is the message that we must remind ourselves and our family and our friends. God indeed is faithful and He will see us through it all.